I found two of my old schoolfellows with him. They seemed to be discussing an important matter. All of them took scarcely any notice of my entrance, which was strange, for I had not met them for years. Evidently they looked upon me as something on the level of a common fly. I had not been treated like that even at school, though they all hated me. I knew, of course, that they must despise me now for my lack of success in the service and for having let myself sink so low, going about badly dressed and so on, which seemed to them a sign of my incapacity and insignificance. But I had not expected such contempt. Simonov was positively surprised at my turning up. Even in old days he had always seemed surprised at my coming. All this disconcerted me. I sat down feeling rather miserable and began listening to what they were saying. They were engaged in warm and earnest conversation about a farewell dinner which they wanted to arrange for the next day to a comrade of theirs called Zerkov, an officer in the army, who was going away to a distant province. This Zerkov had been all the time at school with me too. I had begun to hate him particularly in the upper forms. In the lower forms he had simply been a pretty, playful boy whom everyone liked. I had hated him, however, even in the lower forms, just because he was a pretty and playful boy. He was always bad at his lessons, and got worse and worse as he went on. However, he left with a good certificate, as he had powerful interests. During his last year at school, he came in for an estate of two hundred serfs, and as almost all of us were poor, he took up a swaggering tone among us. He was vulgar in the extreme, but at the same time he was a good-natured fellow, even in his swaggering. In spite of superficial, fantastic, and sham notions of honour and dignity, all but a very few of us positively grovelled before Zerkov, and the more so, the more he swaggered. And it was not from any interested motive that they grovelled, but simply because he had been favoured by the gifts of nature. Moreover, it was, as it were, an accepted idea among us that Zerkov was a specialist in regard to tact and the social graces. This last fact particularly infuriated me. I hated the abrupt, self-confident tone of his voice, his admiration of his own witticisms, which were often frightfully stupid, though he was bold in his language. I hated his loathsome but stupid face, for which I would however have gladly exchanged my intelligent one, and the free and easy military manners in fashion in the forties. I hated the way in which he used to talk of his future conquests of women. He did not venture to begin his attack upon women until he had the epaulettes of an officer and was looking forward to them with impatience, and boasted of the jewels he would constantly be fighting. I remember how I, invariably so taciturn, suddenly fascinated upon Zerkov, when one day, talking at a leisure moment with his schoolfellows of his future relations with the fair sex, and growing as sportive as a puppy in the sun, he all at once declared that he would not leave a single village girl on his estate unnoticed, that that was his droit de seigneur, that if the peasants dared to protest he would have them all flogged and double the tax on them, the bearded rascal. Our servile rabble applauded, but I attacked him, not from compassion for the girls and their fathers, but simply because they were applauding such an insect. I got the better of him on that occasion, but though Sergov was stupid, he was lively and impudent, and so laughed it off, and in such a way that my victory was not really complete. The laugh was on his side. He got the better of me on several occasions afterwards, but without malice, jestingly, casually. I remained angrily and contemptuously silent, and would not answer him. When we left school, he made advances to me. I did not rebuff them, for I was flattered, but we soon parted, and quite naturally. Afterwards, I heard of his barrack-room success as a lieutenant, and of the fast life he was leading.
Then there came other rumours of his successes in the service. By then he had taken to cutting me in the street, and I suspected he was afraid of compromising himself by greeting a personage as insignificant as me. I saw him once in the theatre, in the third tier of the boxes. By then he was wearing shoulder straps. He was twisting and twirling about, ingratiating himself with the daughters of an ancient general. In three years he had gone off considerably, though he was still rather handsome and adroit. One could see that by the time he was thirty he would be corpulent. So it was to this Zirkov that my schoolfellows were going to give a dinner on his departure. They had kept up with him for those three years, though privately they did not consider themselves on an equal footing with him. I am convinced of that.